Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Shop Floor. Your OG retail gal pals, Ange and Lauren, are here to explore the secret universe of careers that start on the shop floor and venture far beyond. Tune in to this week's episode. For today, we are speaking to Denny from the Concierge Agency. Welcome, Denny. No worries. So Danny has um, previously worked um, within, well, still works within PR and communications. And um, it was last year or the year before that you started the concierge agency? In May. Wow, there you go. 2019, yeah. 2019. I've skipped a whole year, like 2020 was just a non-event, but yeah. No, two. <laughs> Same quickly. for everyone. Mm. So two years in, in a couple of months, which is amazing. Tell us about um, your lead up to starting your own business. Like what did you do professionally? In PR, I, I tried a lot of things when I was younger, but ultimately found that that was my, that was my jam and started internally. It was my first fashion job. Um, in Alexandra, sort of like a small fast fashion brand. And I was that hybrid PR marketing role. It used to be a thing back in the day where you kind of managed everything and social media. And look, I, I think that was fabulous because it gave me the opportunity to kind of hone in on what it was that I genuinely liked about the role. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I've, I have I was in that role for about a, a year, I think. And then I, um, I had a, a pretty serious car accident, actually, which is why I left. Oh. And I was off work for about three, three months. Wow. And I had a, had a brain injury and, and things like that. So that was a really defining moment, I guess, in, in my life and I reassessed a lot of things and had a lot of time off to think and find a job which doesn't really ever happen in your early 20s. So, um, yeah, and then I found an agency role advertised and went for that, started as a junior and left as a senior account manager with you know, several um, job title changes in between. And then, yeah, concierge, I as I said, two years now, and the deciding factor for that, or at least starting my own agency, was um, I, I was frustrated, but I didn't know why yeah. for a long time. And then I actually spoke with a, um, a business coach, like business slash life coach, and, and did a three-month process with her, and, and she was a big part in me making that decision and, and gave me the, the guts to do that. But yeah. she was someone that wasn't close to me, so, you know, having that support from someone else definitely made me amazing that's awesome and tell me because I know that there's a lot of and we were just talking about this before we hit record but there's a lot of graduates and things like that and probably a bit of a lack of um education and understanding why does a brand why does a business need PR like what do you do for them and why would they need public relations and it's absolutely something different it's never one in the same and it's Mm. not a one-size-fits-all um but in a nutshell, I mean, we manage a brand's external image. Well, there's internal, external PR. I work on the external side of things. So I'm consumer-facing, meaning that what we do for a brand is, you know, keeping in mind the consumer and what they're going to see ultimately and then what will drive sales mm-hmm. or at least create that brand reputation. So the, the thing about PR is that it is quite, it, it's not tangible. It's mm. the challenging part for us because you can't really put measure to brand awareness so um it's a series of things it, you know in a nutshell it, it's content it's it's speaking to press about things the brand is doing be it new collection launch be it the appointment of a new creative director or um, you know a local activation opening of a new store it could be managing a photo shoot one day or managing 
relationships with influencers that, you know, help to get content. It's really whatever it needs to be in order to meet those brand goals and create mm. a brand outside of the logo and its digital presence. And, mm. yeah, it's the storytelling behind brand, really. Amazing. And what's the difference between working or what would you say are the key differences between working in-house or working agency side from a PR perspective? The pace for sure. Agency pace is is a whole different kettle of fish. Um, yeah. Internally, you probably get a little bit more leeway in to work on maybe one thing in isolation before starting another. But with the agency side of things, you definitely need to be prepared to doing 25,000 things at once. <laughs> but I realised in my professional career that that was something that I really enjoyed and that made yeah. my brain operated. I need to have several things firing in order to kind of operate. If, yeah. I'm, if I'm slow, I'm not the same. I actually work better under pressure. Yeah. Hence the agency. So, yeah, definitely the pace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what skills from the shop floor have you taken into your role as an owner-operator now? <laughs> I, I think the big one for me is, is your personability that you yeah. need to be friendly and, you know, have experience with several different people and, and people from different backgrounds and, and experiences. And I guess off the back of that then is communication. So knowing how to get your point across in yeah. a way that's a friendly, you know, politically correct and in, engaging. I think there's yeah. a big difference between delivering information and delivering information in a way that people really enjoy. Yeah. You have to learn that. Yeah, cool. And you talked before about some of the frustrations you felt about, you know, working in the industry, being an employee that kind of led you to starting your own business. Like what were some of those frustrations? Was it more around the, like how the industry was run or was it more around, you know, some of the things that you felt from being in that employer-employee relationship? Like what were the frustrations that led to you sort of starting your own business? My mum, I think it would definitely be to have an authority issue. So I never liked being told what to do. So I thought, you know, best to start my own business. It's just easy. And I'm like, everyone will get along better. But no, um, having the freedom to innovate. For yeah. me, innovation is a huge thing and being nimble and being whatever the client needs you to be. So definitely tailoring your service, service um, per client and, you know, seeing what's going on in the market and maybe filling those gaps if and when possible, like, for me in the concierge, it's every client's different. There's just really yeah. not one size fits all with a retainer or scope of work or, you know, with one client, we may be traditional comms, which is purely, you know, sending product to, to a Vogue editorial or for another client, it could be negotiating influencer partnerships or, you know, even writing blog content if they have a real lack of, you know, editorial content and that's something we can deliver or maybe we're shooting a campaign for one. It's really just... You've got to be nimble in this industry. And I think COVID definitely has changed that for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And looking back, you know, you're coming up to two years in your business now. And I know like we actually asked a lot of our listeners what they wanted to hear and they wanted to hear from entrepreneurs and people who've started their own business. Was it harder or easier to start a business than you thought? That's such a tough question. That depends on what day you ask me. Today I'd say easier. Perhaps because it's Monday and I'm well rested, but ask me in the middle of a three-day activation, I would tell you harder for sure. <laughs> you know what? Overarching, I'd say, ooh, ooh, I'd say easier. Yeah, I agree. I'd say easier. Yeah. Once you make that initial jump, the rest just happens as long as you have in yourself. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how long were you, how long did you spend in that kind of planning phase before you launched? Long at all. In fact, I didn't even know if that's what I wanted to do. You know, I, I definitely explored roles and seeing what was out there. And I did put myself forward for a few senior roles that I knew I had the credentials for, but I never got them, which was a really mm. interesting process for me too. And quite a frustrating one because I felt like I was a good fit and on paper, I looked like a great fit but never got the job. And I always thought, well, now in hindsight, I think, is that is that for a reason? Which I'm presuming it is because <laughs> we are so good in business, right? But um, I don't know. It's, no, in a nutshell, not long at all. And I think definitely it helped because I never got a lot of the roles that I went for when yeah. I knew I was looking for a change. Yeah. So this is like, I don't want to say last resort because it's definitely not how I feel, but maybe a last, a last decision in a yeah. series of decisions wanting to change. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? And because obviously I know, you know, we we met a few years ago and some of those things that we looked at were, were internal and it's it's quite funny, isn't it? Like because obviously I met you when you were still working agency side and you were employed and sometimes you're like you're looking for that change but you don't know what that change looks like but you already know like, hey, I'm really great at the hustle. I'm really great at fast pace and that sort of thing. And then, um, you know, even, even myself, I think when I met you, I was employed somewhere else and I kept looking, oh, maybe I'll go back internal. Even though I knew I found internal to be very boring you know I found that to not really provide me with the challenge that I was looking for um so it's interesting isn't it how I don't know if it if it's the universe or whatever it is that sort of prevents you from making that choice because it knows that that's not the right one for you but but that's super interesting that that's how it played out for you as well that though I feel like that's not to say those roles don't exist internally and, and there's there's definitely businesses that encourage that sort of entrepreneur and residence mindset and you know maybe there needs to be a bit more of that in fashion as well like I don't think the only answer is starting a business but I do think there needs to be at least some freedom given to roles particularly in the PR marketing side of things because you know there there is two sides of the coin right like there's the old school thinking and then there's the, the new wave which I guess has always been there, but 2020 has definitely kind of furthered that thinking. So I, I think innovation has to be welcomed in all senses because, I mean, what are we without it? And even look to the way editorial platforms are now switching and how they're refocusing and, you know, some print titles have kind of closed print and focused on digital and made that decision the last three months. So we kind of can take the lead industry-wide that that definitely needs to be a big part of future thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And how did you take innovation into consideration when you um, when you were thinking about starting your business? Because you have uh, a, a bit of a different model to say a traditional PR agency, right? So what was the thinking behind that? In an agency role, um, working for someone else, obviously, that there were times when clients really lacked content or had content but didn't know what to do with it. So in starting the concierge, I wanted to create a hybrid agency mm. that we both service the communication side of things and the creative production side of things, mm. which is almost like if you think of, you know, maybe PR or the, a brand timeline in terms of launching a product then and the, when the consumer sees it, there's, there's a series of things that need to happen and one of those is obviously creative content, be it written, visual, video, whatever. Um, the next part of that is then taking those assets and then the PR storytelling behind that. 
Yeah. And then obviously leads to, you know, that's the thing that the consumer sees at the end that will ultimately hopefully drive sales. So I felt by creating a hybrid agency, I was creating or at least offering the the service in step one, yeah. which I felt a lot of agencies didn't do. So, you know, teams are smaller. Decision makers, decision makers are more time poor. So I was able to be that one-stop shop for people mm-hmm. as well. Like they say, oh, Danny, by the way, can you, you know, we brief you on shooting this content campaign and then they'll come back and say, hey, by the way, can you also, you know, communicate it to media influencers, et cetera. Mm. Kind of closing the gap and giving true meaning to a 360 service offering in the yeah. PR sense. Yeah, which actually is really smart because, like you said, decision makers are time poor. So if you can create that service that is that whole suite of offering, then you can move things along more quickly, which seems a win-win for everyone. suppliers. And I now yeah. know that more than ever. You know, now my name is on the door, not so yeah. technically. Um that you have to trust the people you work with. And if you have a good relation with one person and you trust their delivery in, you know, say the communication side of things, then there's no reason why they're not going to be able to perform in the creative production sense either. So mm. I felt it was a bit of a no-brainer and that, in essence, is why I call myself concierge because I want to be that for all clients, is that mm. concierge of services, so kind of whatever you need. Think about it if you come yeah. to, like, the hotel concierge desk and you want them to do something for you that pays us. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, and so, you know, I guess, so what advice do you have for anyone who wants to start their own business? You know, maybe a PR business or just a business in general. What advice do you have for people who are looking to start that? Because obviously I know that there's a, you know, million um, perspectives on this, but what, what do you think is the most important piece of advice you received or that you would give to someone? one of the hardest questions because again I do think it's like a per person scenario you know depending on who you're talking to or or definitely personality based but if I had to say one thing it would really be believing in your offering because if you don't no one else will and I know that's a bit a bit naff that's a bit overused as a comment but it's true like you have to be your own best advocate and mean call it ego or call it belief in your own delivery but yeah that's that's got to be there no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and you hired a team um, relatively, I suppose, quickly. When did you decide it was the right time to hire? And, and you know, what did you think about when you were making that decision to hire? Oh, I think it was possibly more my partner after several weeks of tears saying how busy I was. And he's like, you need to make a decision. He's like, I cannot help you anymore. So <laughs> I do think I can do it all, but it, it just got to a point where that just wasn't possible. And if I truly meant what I meant when I say that, you know, we are you know very dedicated to clients and the service offering is super in depth, that in order to stay true to that, I needed a second program. And so I think yeah. it was about maybe a year, just over a year and a bit, I can't actually remember but. And made hire on a, on a part-time basis and then just stuck with it and dialed up those hours when needed. Yeah. And yeah, here we are. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's it's a pretty big uh, decision to undertake, isn't it? Because, you know, there's lots of things to think about when hiring someone and or employing someone, you know, that most people don't think of. And then you've also just signed the lease on the new commercial premises. That's just, I don't know what's scary, honestly. It's, is it is it people or, or like commercial lease? I don't know either which way. I guess you have to pay both, right? But <laughs> honestly, it's, it's all scary until you do it. 
I think I wind myself up a lot prior to making this decision and then I make a decision and it's like, oh, what were you worried about in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we did. We are. We got a two-story, um, a two-story head office um, in Botany. So the top half yeah. is obviously office space. Downstairs will be, or is the studio and um, studio for dry hire. So we wanted to, um, I say showroom, sorry, and studio for hire yeah. because they wanted to create um, a really creative head office and not just have kind of product for clients on display. I wanted to offer that space where we can you know, say to a fashion editor who's not only learning product for us that we can service you with the product, but you can also use our space as a studio. Again, speaking to concierge, one-stop shop. It just wanted yeah. to be a real creative club. It's really important yeah. to me to have that mentality here. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, there's actually some fashion brands that I know in Sydney that let go of their office during COVID. So they've got like, you know, 200 people working remotely um and you know I was thinking exactly like that where are they doing like their um creative photography and and things like that so um you know offering services such as yourself is is obviously a really important niche as well so and I haven't heard of anyone else really doing that so you're ahead of ahead of the curve yeah, well, you know, anything that I did, I wanted to make sure there was, in, in essence, something that was innovative. I'm not saying I'm reworking the wheel by any means, but it's really just a multi-service offering. It's just, again, it's so important to me, and I do feel like a lot of clients just needed that. They needed someone who could do several things and, and truly do several things. Mm. You know, that means the physical space. That means the showroom. And, and downstairs is also, um, a downstairs in its hot office downstairs is also an activation space opportunity for clients as well so I oh cool I feel after 2020 there's a real need for that in-person activation concept mm. so we've been yeah. here I mean I think we did step away for it from a while and people were really sick of the events and you know the events are events sake but now circling back after a year apart that that, that, that's, that need for in-person education and, and really that branded experience that you just can't always deliver on social. So I want to use downstairs for that purpose as well and hold more intimate brand moments if it's not just with, you know, friends of the agency, it's with, you know, an intimate group of influencers or is it even one particular media title that we can invite in and, you know, have one-on-ones with. And, again, it's yeah. just, just a really fun Yeah. Fun yeah. That's- and I know we've spoken in the past and you said like you don't really pay too much attention to what your competitors are doing or that sort of thing. You just try to really focus on your own business. So what what inspires you? What Where do you get your ideas from or what motivates you when you think about the fashion industry and specifically your business? I, I love a good Pinterest stalk. In fact, I could lose several hours yeah. in there. Um, recently invested in TikTok, which was not a good idea in hindsight, spending quite a lot of time on there as well. But um, visual first, I think I like to do good research and see who's doing what because the visual sort of side of things for me is huge in terms of brand identity. Like yeah. having a strong visual presence for your own brand means that you can do it for others. So I've always yeah. tried to make sure that I look for visual things. It could be anyone. It could be like a great graphic. It could be you know, really beautiful image that another brand has shot or whatnot. And then I try and bring that into my own business in order to showcase that to clients that we can do the same for you or at least have that knowledge to do that. But um, definitely visual, any any type of platform that offers me that. Obviously, Instagram is a huge one as well. But yeah. I do tend to look at a lot of Scandinavian agencies. 
probably again I'm just their their aesthetic appeals to me but Mm -hmm. interesting just to see what other people are doing um in how they brand their businesses yeah I mean not so much by way of service providing but I like to see how other brands are yeah communicating themselves online it's really Mm. hard also really rewarding thing yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And how important has your network been to your the success of your business? Because we talk a lot about networking and, um, you know, link tools like LinkedIn and just general, you know, I suppose relationship building and nurturing of those. How critical has that been to your business? I don't think I'd even be here if I didn't have or at least leverage that in a really yeah decent way like I'm not saying I outreach to everyone that I know I'm like hello give me business that's not how it works it's tapping into relationships that you've spent years creating and really fostering regardless of what the give or take is do you know you can't you can't can't leverage a relationship purely for that sake you really have to enjoy the person and the relationship you have and and you've got to be genuine really yeah yeah absolutely. absolutely genuine but totally totally and word of mouth is everything like mm. your reputation is everything. Word of mouth comes back. That is, yeah. I honestly yeah. don't think I'd have half my clients if I didn't have relationships with them, mm. or at least people that have recommended me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I guess, is why it's so important to think about how you're entering those relationships, and then you know, at times they're going to ebb and flow, and you're not going to have as close a relationships with some people, and why it's so important to think about how you're handling that process as well, you know, when it's when it's ebbing, <laughs> um, that you're not just like, you know, burning bridges left, right and centre, right? Because, you, I mean, the fashion industry is so small. We're, like everyone yeah. knows everyone. Um, the smallest. Literally the smallest, smallest industry, I, I believe, in Australia. But, yeah, like to your point, you, you've just got to, you know what it's it's transparency too but transparency in a genuine way like if you can't do something or if something's not working let's address it let's Mm. have a chat let's let's Mm -hmm. figure out what part isn't working because maybe it is that I'm no longer the right fit for you or maybe it is there's just something that you needed that you didn't know you need until we kind of hashed it out on a phone Mm. call it's I'm a big believer in transparency and opening up that dialogue with clients or any type of you know provider it's just like how can we make this the best case scenario because all of us are so time poor if it's not going to work let's just mm. either fix it or call it a day yeah exactly right and it doesn't need to mean the end of a relationship or bad blood or anything like that no. right no and that's no kind of also being willing to take feedback too which which took me a very long time to learn like I remember as a junior I hated being again told what to do or told that I was doing things wrong and and once you go through that process a couple of times or you experience the client where you know you're not not everything went to plan like you need to kind of talk about that it's you just you pay get used to the process and be learn how to deal with it personally in yeah. order to, to deliver better yeah absolutely and so thinking of that because obviously I, you know I think we're quite similar in that regard I hate being told what to do um, that was why I loved starting my own business as well um, <laughs> I do you say it like that <laughs> oh I know but you know look of course they just said I mean for me I'm like I I'm just, okay with it I was, yeah, I always was like, I was always quite strategic, you know, so I was like, you know, I would feel frustration if I could see that there was maybe a more efficient way to do something, but people were resisting that because of this is how we've always done it or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Totally. 
so you know that was for me something where it's like you know if I could see the the reason behind being instructed to do something um then I was fine with it but I I'm a big why you know I like to challenge the why why are we doing it like this is there a better way we oh, can do it oh I'm a pain it? in the ass with that oh totally I'm, yeah. I'm people's worst nightmare because I need to know all of the reasons as to why this decision is being made if I don't yeah. think it's a good fit I will I need to know you know your thought process and that yeah. I think that definitely goes with employees or you know clients like in fact that an open dialogue transparency is like let's talk about the decision behind this like are we doing this because we were told this is the right thing or is this an opportunity to to innovate and mm. do I have data to support that too because I can't go throwing out suggestions just because I feel that's a great idea I have to, you know yeah yeah exactly right exactly right so what has been the biggest lesson since you started your business you know and obviously they're usually painful or expensive lessons but what's been the biggest lesson that you've you've had so far in the last two years a few you know one being client side one being internal but client side is that you can't control other people Mm. you can't control their decisions you can't control their emotions or anything so once you learn that that's the thing and you need to be okay with that life is a little bit easier in a professional sense like okay cool that's the way you feel this way I feel happy days yeah Um, internally one of the biggest lessons is definitely I thought that culture or internal culture just comes or sometimes just happens you know with the personalities there but that's something you really need to work on and making sure that your team are happy is really important to me and that doesn't necessarily mean just financial remuneration it's really fostering that camaraderie or having you know opportunities to do things that aren't work related you know is do we get like the other day for example I um we had a hairstylist come over and we all got blow dries on a Friday oh I love that you know like we we work our butts off in PR let's be honest there's a lot of long days a lot of late nights and when you kind of get the opportunity to give back, I think that just kind of continually creates a really good environment. But um, to answer your question, it was I didn't realise how hard you had to work for that. That doesn't come, that just doesn't come because you want it to. And particularly in the first couple of years of business, you know, because it's 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 a hustle. You're on the go and it's a conscious decision to put energy into that and it's definitely not because you don't want to it's because you juggle so many balls isn't it that you can't sometimes you stand back and think oh when was the last time we did something to develop the culture or when was the last time that I got to just genuinely spend time with someone um so that's amazing that you've done that already because I think a lot of businesses are really in that building hustling go 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 um and you know sometimes it's a real not fear but that drive like you've got to you've got to make it happen in the first couple of years don't you so sometimes you don't you forget to lend time to to things like that that really matter as well so I think that's great key learning for me I guess throughout my career as well that you know as I said we work so hard everyone works hard in every industry but I felt in PR specifically like, you know, there are a lot of times that call for, you know, late late event management or um, really long hours in the office or trying to, you know, write a proposal at 10 o'clock at night, that sort of thing, and you've got your team around you. And, again, at the end of the day, their names aren't on the door. So it's like how can you give back to them to thank them for their support and do you know what their commitment because, you know, there are, there are tons of businesses out there. You may as well make it a fun place to be, right, because we spend yeah. bucket loads of time in the office. 
yeah good hours you know not always tough tough going yeah. <laughs> that, I built that in the beginning you know that was that was really really important to me yeah staff work everyone feels just happy to be here and wants to come back yeah cool and what's your biggest piece of advice to say a graduate that's considering a career in public relations how do they get a foot in the door like you know do they do an internship like what is it that you think you know is actually really valuable use of their time to try and get a foot in the door several options I think but definitely that that industry experience that hands-on learning will never go away um internships when and if they're available are super important and and ask questions like so many questions there's never there's never a scenario where you know you're asking something wrong yeah comfortable kind of asking your things why are you making that decision why is this a thing why does the business need to do that because that's the only way I learned and yeah you know I had fabulous mentors my entire career and I do think sometimes I got the most from them because I asked so many questions yeah exactly and again genuine be genuine in your outreach like I've actually had quite a few um you know younger girls or graduates reach out and and say are there internship opportunities or connect on LinkedIn and just genuinely express interest in what you're doing as a business it's it's not a cold blanket email they've kind of taken the time to research and have a relationship with you and honestly someone takes time to do that and they say you know I've been watching you for a while I'd love to be a part of what you're doing I'm like okay great fabulous when can you come in yeah I really appreciate that proactiveness yeah it's really it's great isn't it and I think that's the difference is people who are really you know and like I talk a lot about on the pod about being strategic and I think some people shy away from that word like oh it seems calculated and that sort of thing but I think it is very important to have a plan that you want to execute and to take the lion's share of accountability of executing that, Um, not just, you know, going to a recruiter or whoever and saying, can you help me? Or, oh, there's no jobs on seek or, you know, I don't know what to do. It's like, you know, some of these opportunities, they are self-created and they, that that's why they're going to that person who seems to always get those amazing opportunities or they get the internships. And that's why, because they're not afraid to, um, to, like you said before, adjust their approach. And, you know, when you're a junior, you hated getting feedback. Um, same thing you know you need to taste that rejection of like oh no one responded to my email Um, okay so actually it's not like oh that company's really crap it's like oh okay so there's something about my approach that needs to be tweaked let me tweak it try it again tweak it try it again Um, and I think that's what we talk about when we talk about that being a bit more strategic and taking it into your own hands because that's what you need now for the future of, of, of your career Totally. And I do, I really do think that often the best roles are the ones you create for yourself. Maybe yeah. that's not always in the entrepreneur sense, but, you know, like you say, you could get lucky. You could just email your dream man and they just happen to have a role opening or an internship or something. Or again, your outreach was just to be genuine that they create one for you, which is also yeah. super special. Yeah, but like, yeah absolutely. Point, fearlessness yeah. is probably yeah. a really important thing too. And getting used to rejection because that'll always be there, no matter if you're the CEO or, you know, the intern. Yeah, always. yeah, absolutely. And and you're always going to face that rejection, aren't you? I mean, we were talking about that before, that there's elements of it. And the, the quicker you can learn how to handle that rejection, process yeah. it and not let it impact you, like take the lessons and take the learnings um, and think about take what's the valid and bad, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. And it, it's, often, it's often not personal. 
and you yeah. have to remove that that feeling that perhaps it was because it's truly it's just not a good fit it's not a good time you know maybe more experience it's not a negative thing it's just it's actually probably giving me the answer to yeah. what you're lacking yeah which is also a really nice thing yeah that it's it's not a step-by-step process in any of our jobs or careers like maybe you know in early 20s I thought okay sure like you you start here and you each year you take a gradual step to being here but it's just that's just not a thing like you, you, you go lateral you go up you go down you sideways it's just yeah you've got to take you've got to take it all and it's all it's all fun yeah absolutely it's got to be full absolutely well thank you for your time today now if people want to check out the concierge agency where do you normally hang out where should they connect with you um as a business all the places right you have to be yeah. all the things um yeah definitely website instagram's a huge one for me i think that's the most fun to communicate what we're doing and what we have yeah. done um admittedly i've been quite slack on that last week but <laughs> hopefully that might change um, literally anywhere we can exist online i like to like to create brand presence for us. amazing well thank you for your time today as always you're oh, so I'm generous with your wisdom and your lessons um and we look forward to having you on again sure soon. That. <laughs> thanks and totally appreciate it thank you